are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Thank you. Open your Bibles, please. Thank you very much. I uh, standing here. Was standing here remembering the first time I came to this church. On this very property here, this massive acreage that you have here. A little building, I guess it was sitting up here somewhere, a little building. And uh, couldn't have seated over a couple of hundred people. It was packed and jammed. It was exciting then. And then I've been reliving the years I've been coming here. Little tent over here while you're building another building. I had the services under a little tent. And then I remember having services one time with you in the gymnasium back here. And then the first half of this building and then this great building here. And then a couple times in colleges, uh, we had, uh, I think, San Jose University and maybe another one, didn't we? And uh, so these are wonderful memories that I have of this place. I wish everybody could, before they die, have a friend like Jack Treber. I wish everybody could, I wish every preacher could grow old with a young preacher, a friend to him like Jack Treber is to me. I've said across the country, uh, well, I said one time recently, he's the most important man west of the Mississippi River. He reminded me today, the next time I said it, I said he's the most important man west of the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> now I think he's the most important man west of Oakland. <laughs> and uh, you give me another year, I'll have him in the ocean, I'll tell you for sure. But. Uh, he is more important than we realize. And uh, one of the most courageous men I've ever met. Just keeps on going, all the suffering he's had. I love this church very, very much. I love it dearly. I feel like a part of it. And I'm very proud of this church. It's, it's the church that California had to have. It's the mother church of this state now. And I love it deeply and dearly. And of course, as Brother Treber said so well, California is becoming the center of fundamentalism in America. I don't know if this is true, but I have an idea that California would be in the top five states in America that of students in Howells Anderson College. And so I, I love it. I've often said, if the United States gets mad at me, I can book solid for the whole year in California among fundamental churches. And uh, so, uh, but I, uh, I love California. Thank you very much. I wish I had a way to express my gratitude. I, I don't remember growing old. For so many years, I was the young preacher in America. They used to call Dr. Rice and me Haggai and Zechariah. He, the old preacher, Haggai, and me, the young preacher, Zechariah. We traveled for 22 years together as an older preacher and a younger preacher. I don't recall growing older. It just happened. But I, uh, I tried so hard when I traveled with him for all those years. 
I tried so hard to treat him right, let him know I loved him. I tried to be his friend and stand with him and stand for him. I tried to watch for his every need. Little did I realize what it meant, because now that I'm older, I have the same privilege of having young men, especially a man like Dr. Treber, to be kind to me and thoughtful of me. I've been in the battle a while. There are others who fought harder, but I fought. There are others who bear more scars, but I have a few. There are others who've been wounded more often and more severely, but I've been wounded some. I've been around a while. I've been around so long I can recall when Lester Olaf was an amillennialist and John Rice believed in the signs of the times. I've been around a while. I've seen the battles. I've seen the soldiers. I've seen the wounded ones fall. I've seen those who are casualties in the battle. And I, I'd, like to, I'd like to deliver not a sermon tonight, but a soul to you. I hope you'll listen carefully as I plead with you. Open your Bibles to 2 Samuel, please. 2 Samuel chapter number 1. Verse number 17. You California people may be building great churches, but you sure can't find 2 Samuel very quickly. Second Samuel chapter 1, verse 17. And David lamented with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan, his son. Both of them were dead now. Also he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher. The beauty of Israel is slain upon the high places. How art the mighty fallen? Tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon, lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised, that means the heathen, triumph. Both the title of my sermon and the text of my sermon is in the early words of verse 20. Tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets, our Heavenly Father. I come tonight to lay my finger on the jugular of our battle. I come tonight to put my finger on one of the most vital points of the battle of fundamentalism tonight. And I pray you'd help me as I do. Holy Spirit, take charge of this vessel of clay, please. I pray tonight that a long time after Dr. Jack Hiles is only a, a sentence or two in somebody's biography and a memory or two in somebody's mind, I pray that people will look back to this service and I pray that they'll say that my life was changed and transformed in that service. Make it so. Amen. The battle was raging. Many had fallen. Some mighty had fallen. 
among them was King Saul. Jonathan is also dead, David's beloved friend. Some had fallen in the battle and others had left the battle. Some had sinned in the battle. A young man comes to tell David about it. He comes to tell David about the mighty who had fallen in the battle and those who had been slain and injured and those who had deserted the battle. And David orders him this. He says, publish it not. Don't talk about the slain. Don't publish it. He said, publish it not. The enemy will hear it and rejoice. You'll hurt the battle. You could cause the death of many and maybe even defeat in the battle. Publish it not. Don't forget the words. Publish it not. Not many times you find that in the Bible. Usually in the Bible it says, go and tell it on the housetops. But here's something we're commanded, publish it not. He said, don't let the folks know that Saul has fallen. Don't publish the fact that the mighty have fallen and been slain in the battle. Publish it not. The daughters of the Philistines will hear and rejoice and defeat may come to our cause if you publish the news. Remember the story of Lot and Abraham when their herdsmen fought against each other? There's one little line there in Genesis where it simply says, as the herdmen of Lot and the herdmen of Abraham were fighting with each other, there's one little line there that says this, the Canaanite and the Perizzite were in the land. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite were in the land. I say tonight, publish it not. Publish it not. Number one, publish it not concerning the fallen. Publish it not concerning the fallen. Preachers often say to me, Brother Hiles, don't you think more preachers are falling today than ever have fallen? No, I don't think so at all. I don't think so. I think we know more preachers today than we've ever known before. We have more good preachers today than we've ever, ever had before. And because of that, naturally, we know more good uh, uh, preachers that stay in the battle and more preachers that leave the battle. But I'm coming tonight to say, if you have something to publish, publish the good news instead of the bad news. Publish not the fallen. I was in, in Maine, got off the airplane and was met at the airport by a local pastor. I think I was in Portland, Maine, maybe Augusta, I think it's in Portland. And the pastor met me at the airport. He, we got in the car and before he started the car, he said, I guess you heard about Buddy Franklin. This has been several years ago. Buddy Franklin was pastor of the largest church in the state of Maine, up in the city of Bangor, Maine. Buddy Franklin was a well-known man in the state, and he, one fact, at one time, while he was pastor, even ran for governor of the state, and, and garnered about 30% of the votes, by the way. And he said, did you hear about Buddy Franklin? I said, no, is it good or bad? He said, it's bad. I said, don't want to hear it. But he said, it's true. I said, don't want to hear any, 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 any uh, bad, uh, bad truth. But he said, uh, look, he said, uh, Buddy Franklin said it on the radio, on the television. He got and told what he'd done. I said, don't want to hear it. 
The pastor said, Doctor, and we were sitting out in front of the airport. Pastor said, Doctor Hiles, I've got to tell you, you're not going to be able to minister in this, 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 this state unless you realize what's going on. This thing has swept the whole state about Buddy Franklin. He said, uh, uh, I, I'm going to tell you. I got out of the car. I got my suitcase, got my briefcase, walked back to the airport. Where are you going? He, he ran after me. I said, going home. He said, why? I said, didn't come to hear bad news, came to preach good news. Didn't come to publish the fallen one, it came to proclaim the risen one. Publish it not. Publish it not about the deacon that's broken your heart. Publish it not about the couple in the church that's divorcing. Oh, you say you're covering up sin. No, I'm just not blabbing it like you do, that's all. Publish it not. The Philistines in the land, the daughters of, of the Philistines will hear it and they'll rejoice. Publish it not. I said, publish it not. That's one reason why I don't eat out after the services. I'm a little sick and tired of sitting at McDonald's and hearing bad news talked about over a cheese quarter pounder. Publish it not. Publish it not. Publish it not about the fallen. I have a friend in Texas whom I preached many, many years named Dr. Johnny Ramsey. Built the great Rolling Hills Baptist Church in Fort Worth, Texas. I was there, I guess, for 15, 20 consecutive years. Great meetings to build a church running 16, 1700 in Sunday school. That great auditorium bigger than this was packed and jammed every time I was there. Just about wonderful, wonderful man. I was in Texas preaching, out in West Texas preaching, and, and a pastor said to me, said, Dr. Hiles said it's too bad about John Ramsey. I said, what's the deal? He said he resigned his church. He, I said, oh, I didn't know that. He said, yes, I'll tell you what it was. I said, don't want to know. Don't want to know. No gossip would spread. It, it takes an ear as well as a tongue to spread gossip, you know. If your ear doesn't hear it, your tongue can't flap it. And uh, I said, don't want to know. Don't want to know. No, don't want to know. But he said, it's the truth. I said, don't want to know the truth. Didn't come to hear bad truth, came to spread good truth. Didn't come to hear bad news, came to spread good news. But he said, Brother Hiles, this is not gossip. I said, did you know that the devil's not a gossip either? The devil is the accuser of the brethren. But brother, the devil's not telling God lies about you. He's telling God the truth about you. And you're satanic when you spread good, uh, bad truth. I mean, you heard about somebody that fell. You tell about it. Won't you tell them about Jesus who rose? I'll sing it. I'll tell it wherever I go. I want all to hear it. I want all to know the joy of salvation that makes my heart glow for I've been born again. Publish it not, said the king. Publish it not that Saul has fallen in the battle. Publish it not that the mighty have fallen in the battle. Publish it not that some have deserted in the midst of the battle. Publish it not because of the casualties. Publish it not because of the wounded. I was in Norfolk, Virginia preaching I had preached there the year before. A pastor had asked me to return the next year. In the meantime, between the time that I had preached that year and the, and the time that I was to return, the pastor resigned. I found he had to resign. I do not know why. The new pastor wrote me and said, Brother Hiles, would you keep your engagement? We, we want you here. I think we need you here. Would you keep your engagement with us? I said, and very seldom do I do that, but for some reason I felt led to do it. And I said, yes, I will. So I got to the Norfolk airport, got in the car. Pastor said to me, well, I guess you wonder why my predecessor left. I said, no, I haven't wondered at all. But he said, how can you minister to our people unless you know our problems? I said, the Holy Spirit's in charge of telling me what to say. 
He said, well, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. That happened to our pastor. I'm going to tell you the truth. I said, you're not telling me the truth. I don't want to hear it. Didn't come to hear bad news. Came to spread good news. Didn't come to hear about the fallen one. Came to tell about the risen one. He said, I'm going to tell you. I got out of the car, opened the back seat, got my bag, got my briefcase, took off back to the airplane. Where are you going? Going home. Why? Because my wife hasn't got a bunch of bad news to tell me. Besides that, she's prettier than you are, too. Going home. He said, Dr. Hiles, he said, I'm not trying to spread gossip. I'm telling the truth. I said, don't want to hear the truth. I said, the devil is the accuser of the brethren, and what he's telling the Father is the truth. And, brother, you're like the devil when you spread bad things, even though they're true. Publish it not. Publish it not. Publish it not. Publish it not. I said, you promised me that you won't say another thing about your predecessor that's bad. And I'll come back to the car and I'll preach for you. Well, he said, you're going to hear it before you leave. I said, you want a bet? I tonight do not know what happened to Buddy Franklin in, in Bangor, Maine. You do, but I don't. I tonight do not know what happened to Johnny Ramsey in Fort Worth, Texas. Been years. I tonight do not know what happened to this preacher in Norfolk, Virginia. By the way, a year or two passed. I was in Burlington, North Carolina, checking in the motel looked out and there was this pastor who had had to resign he was sitting in the car he motioned for me i walked over he put his arms around me and hugged me and he said dr Hiles, i've got to talk to you and i said what about he said i'm the pa oh i said i know who you are he said dr Hiles, as far as i know you're the only true friend i've got in this world I heard what you did when you was at my former church. I heard what you said to my successor. I want you to know I thank God you're my friend. I want you to know I thank God you didn't listen to what was said. And by the way, the fellow hadn't committed adultery. He hadn't done anything that caused him to have to forfeit his ministry. And thanks be to God in that car that night in front of that motel, he got right with God. And tonight, he's back in the ministry. I'm saying publish it not, publish it not, publish it not, publish not about the fallen, said the king. Publish it not because Saul is dead, said the king. Publish it not because of defectors, said the king. Publish it not because of those who turned back in battle, said the king. Lest the daughters of the Philistines hear and rejoice because of it. I wonder how much harm the press has done with their taking the story of Jim Baker and spreading it all over the world. I wonder how much harm the press has done to the cause of Christ by making the Jimmy Swaggart story more important than the wars of the world and the elections and so forth. I wonder how much damage has been done to the evil, wicked, left press. A lot, but not near as much has been done to the righteous, right-wing preachers. Not the front page of the, of the scandal sheets that worry me. It's the McDonald's gossip sessions that worry me. I come tonight to say it's time we quit publishing bad truth. It's time we come and say with the king, publish it not. Publish it not. Publish it not. If all the time spent talking about them were spent trying to reclaim them, be amazed what we could do for God. I hear the shriek of brakes on a highway. I hear and smell the burning of the rubber. I hear the clash of steel. 
I see bodies flying out of cars. I see broken bones. I see blood coming from wounded bodies. Soon I hear the ambulance and the siren of the ambulance. I see the medical team coming. I see them as they walk over to one place or rush over to one place. Here's a man that may be dying. They don't know. Here's a man whose body is maimed and, 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 and bones are broken and uh, cuts and bruises and blood all over him. And here's one over here the same way. And I see the, the uh, uh, medical men as they walk over and say, let me see your driver's license. Who was right in this accident? Were you on the wrong side of the road? You were wrong, were you? Die! We'll go over here up to the fellow who's right. No medical man checks to see who's right or wrong. He's just as interested in healing the one who's fallen or who was wrong as the one who's right. The same doctors minister to the one who was at fault as ministers to the one who was innocent. The same, the same stretcher carries the one who was at fault as carries the one who was not at fault. The same medicine goes in the bodies of the one who was at fault. It goes in the ones who was, was not at fault. I'm simply saying, I don't care how they got where they are. Let's lift them up and let's try to salvage them to the glory of God Almighty. I preached a sermon two Sundays ago to my people on Sunday morning. I don't care how you got where you were. I'm just grateful you got back where you are. I don't want to say this. But I want to deliver my soul to you tonight. I've watched them come and go. I've watched men that I love like I love my own life leave the ranks. And I'm as confident as I am that I'm standing behind this pulpit tonight that there are men whom I love dearly in this room right now who in a matter of a few years will be casualties. And you'll be the object of talk around Burger Kings and McDonald's and Chili's. I was in Nederland, Texas. It was five minutes till six. July of 1984. I was about to go preach. In five minutes, my drive was coming. My phone rang. And all the dreams of a lifetime were shattered. I had dreams that when I got 66 years of age, I could hand over my Bible to my son who I think perhaps was the greatest young preacher in America at the time. And the word came, he had ruined his life. My first thought was Hosea 4.17. And God looked at Ephraim and said, Ephraim is joined to his idols, let him alone. Let him alone. But then my second thought was down in chapter 11, verse 8, where God said, how shall I give thee up, O Ephraim? I come tonight after having lived for eight years in the same house with the mother of a fallen preacher. I come tonight after having lived for eight years with my dreams of our boy shattered. Thanks to David Gibbs, though he'll never preach again, he's, 
He's serving God again. And I think he's rise, raising, being raised from the dead somewhat. But I come tonight to say, publish it not. Down in the human heart, crushed with the tempter, feelings lie buried that grace can restore. Touched by a loving heart, wakened by con kindness, chords that were broken can vibrate once more. Dear Lord, take up the tangled strands that we have wrought in vain, that by the skill of thy dear hands some beauty may remain. And I'm here tonight to tell you on the authority of the Word of God, I'm here to tell you tonight because I've seen it happen. There's not a living person, no matter how hard he's far, far he's fallen, no matter how deep he's gone, but God can use him in some capacity again. I'm saying if we'll talk to God about it and publish it not, we can sound some of these old warriors publish it not publish it not and my body tonight as in yours I have thousands of little soldiers in my body they fight infection if I were to have a infection on my hand for example all over my body little white corpuscles would rally to each other and rush to my hand. And they'd speak to each other all over my body and say, there's an infected spot up there on, on Hiles's index finger. And from all over my body, they'd run up there that little infected spot. And they'd gather around that little infected spot and try to heal that little infected spot. I wish Christians, fundamentalists, could be white corpuscles. Every time anybody falls in the battle, Quit gossiping about it. Quit talking about it. Publish it not and rush to him and try to pick him back up again. Publish it not about the fallen. Second, publish it not about the battles. Publish it not about the battles. Did you hear so and so divorced? Shut up. Did you hear about so? No, hush. Did you hear about deacon? Shut up. Publish it not. Publish it not. Publish it not at work about the fallen member of the church. Publish it not in the neighborhood about the staff member that's broken your heart. Publish it not. Rush to him like the white corpuscles and, and, and lift him up and, and try to heal with healing mercies and healing balm. Bring him back to some usefulness again. Hey, that is truth is every single one of us are like that man that stood up here a while ago. All of us know the, the, the stain of sin and the feeling of falling some. And all of us are simply reclaimed vessels to use the glory of God. Publish it not. Publish it not. Reach out and pick him up and give him strength again. One of the great things about being at the same church almost a third of a century is I'm marrying the second generation people now. I'm marrying the children of folks whom I married. Not long ago I married, about two years ago I married one of my deacon's daughters to a, we thought a fine young man. And their marriage didn't work out well. This, this, this is one of our better families. I mean, this is the kind of family that, that I'd use as a model family. This is not uh, television watching, soap opera watching, prime time opera, prime time program watching, 
movie VCR watching people. Talking about inner circle. Talking about one of the best families I've got. And this lovely young lady who grew up under my ministry, she, she and her husband divorced. I didn't tell anybody. My wife doesn't even know yet about it. This may shock you, and, I, and this, is, this is worth your hearing. In all these eight years since our son had his trouble, my wife and I have never discussed it at the kitchen table. We've never talked about it. We've prayed for him. We've talked about how he was doing. But we've never talked about the fall. Publish it not. But rather than talk about it and tell people about it, even tell my own family about it, I called this couple in and step by step and day by day and week by week and month by month, I tried to bring this family back together. You see, there was a little child involved. And I tried to publish it not, publish it not, never said a word about it, never talked to my deacon about it. I just prayed day after day, night after night, and I, I spent hour upon hour counseling with them and trying to mend that broken marriage again and bring back that home and give that little child a mom and daddy who love each other. The other day in my office, I married him again. After one year, I didn't stand up and marry him. I sat down behind the desk, and they sat across. And these were somewhat of the vows. I didn't say, will you, George, take Mary to be your wedded wife, love, having to hold us a far better for us, rich or poor, sickness, health, love, cherish, the death to us part. I didn't do that. I said, George, you going to mow the yard? Mary works. You're going to help her around the house? If she helps you make a living, you're going to help her wash the clothes? I do. Man, you're going to kiss him many times a day and smooch and love and be affectionate. You weren't affectionate the first time. You're cold and frigid. You're going to lay down your frigidity and pick up your, your, what word I want? Affection. Ooh, I'm in trouble now. Publish it not. Publish it not. I said, you're going to be affectionate from now on, Mary? You're going to love him? You're going to be affectionate to him and smooch and neck and pet? I do. <laughs> George, you going to help with the baby? I will. Mary, you going to obey George? Submit yourself to him? I will. The authority invested in me by the state of Indiana as an officer of the laws of the state, the minister of the gospel. I was sitting behind my desk, and they were sitting across, and I said, I pronounce you husband and wife. And bless God, when they walked out of that office, I had a spell. I'll tell you, I took off my shoes and ran around my desk and had a spell. Now, that's what, that's what Christianity is all about. That's what God meant in Ezekiel 34 when he said, I've got something against you pastors and you shepherds. You've not raised up the fallen. You've not brought back those that were driven away. You've not bound up that which was broken. You've not sought that which was lost. I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, it's time old-fashioned hell-raising, barnstorming, wind-rattling, shingle-pulling, hell-fire, damnation, independent Baptist fundamentalists lifted up the fallen again. Publish it not. 
Publish it not. Publish it not. Man, in our church came running down the aisle one Sunday morning like he was in a hundred yard dash. Motion for me, call me over. I went over to him and I said, what is it? He said, am I too late? Am I too late? Am I too late? Am I too late? I said, too late for what, sir? He said, Brother Hiles, I went to this church and reared my family here till they got in their early teen years. He said, I, I, to, I told, taught them to love you. But he said, my children got in their early teen years. I started criticizing you, criticized the church. I'd go home on Sunday and be critical around the table. And he said, because of it, my children lost confidence in the church and lost confidence in you. And I want to tell you something. If you're going to say something bad about your preacher, then keep your mouth shut around the children. They're going to need that preacher one of these days. He said, I got mad, left the church. But he said, since I left the church, all of my three teenage children have backslidden, gotten away from God. He said, I want to come back. Am I too late? Am I too late? Am I too late? Am I too late? Yes, he was too late. Not a single one of those children are serving God right now. Why? Tell you exactly why. Because he sat at the kitchen table and published bad tidings. That's why. Publish it not. Publish it not. Publish it not. Publish not the battles. Publish not the fallen. Number three, publish not those that left the battles. I want to thank God for a few people tonight. Listen to me carefully. I want to thank God in the state of California for Ray Betema. I'm a little tired of publishing what he hasn't done and neglecting those many, many years that he served God in this state. I'd like to thank God for Ray Betema. Sure, he got weary. Sure, he left the battle. But why doesn't somebody talk about that great church he built out there in Pomona? Why doesn't somebody talk about his preacher boy? Some of them sitting right here in this room tonight who are still proclaiming the good news of God. Why doesn't somebody talk about that church he built running 3,500 in Sunday school? Why doesn't somebody stop and realize, hey, so he fell in the battle, but he was a great soldier and led the battle in this state for years, publishing the good tidings about what he did, not the bad tidings about a stumble. Thank God for those years. Thank God for those sword conferences Dr. Rice and I used to hold there in his church. Thank God for that great church he built and the tens of thousands of people that he won to Christ. Yes, he fell in the battle, but thank God for the enemies that he wounded before he fell. I'd like to thank God tonight for Dr. Larry Chapel. I'd like to thank God tonight for all the good he did in this state. If you'd spend as much time Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm talking at you. If you had spent as much time in the last few months publishing all the good things that man has done instead of the fact that he made a mistake and has fallen for a while in the battle, I'd like to thank God tonight for that great church a few, few miles from where I stand right now. I'd like to thank God for that church in San Jose an example church for the whole country. 
I'd like to thank God that he helped to turn out this man right here. I'd like to thank God that he helped to turn out Stephen Baker out in, in, in Connecticut. I'd like to thank God for the hundreds of thousands of people he won to Christ and how his buses covered this great Santa Clara, San Jose area. I'd like to thank God tonight. Praise God for Larry Chapel. And by the way, in case you'd like to know it, I'm his friend tonight. Thank God for the battle he fought for 10 years against the forces of hell and Long Beach. Thank God he fought our battle and went to court in our place and vicariously suffered for you and me. Went through hell. His wife went through hell. His family went through hell. I'd like to stand up tonight and say, quit publishing the bad news and publish the great news of that great work he built in First Baptist Church of Long Beach, California. Boy, this is good preaching. Oh, my soul tonight. Why don't we like to tell the good news instead of the bad news? Publish it not. And I'd like to thank God tonight for the good that my boy did. He's the father of all the youth conferences in America. I'd hardly go anywhere in the world what somebody walks up to me and says, I was called to preach under your voice ministry. Sure, he broke my heart. Sure, he broke his mother's heart. Sure, the chapel boys. By the way, too, while I'm at it, let's thank God that Larry Chapel gave us two of the greatest young preachers in America. But I thank God tonight for these soldiers, even though they got discouraged and left the battle. I thank God tonight for those who stayed in the battle. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org.